coming out. Thank you, Lord. Um, turn with me, please, in the scriptures to Matthew, the fourth chapter this morning. And like always, I'm going to ask you, everybody online, everybody in Sarasota there, to believe with me for utterance. I got a lot of things on my heart. This is not part of a series that I know of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that could change. <laughs> um, and I got a number of things on my heart. And if you don't hear it right, you might think I'm saying something different than what's being said. But um, how many remember the scripture says, take heed how you hear? It makes all the difference how you hear something. And so um, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to defend uh, me or you or us. I'm not trying to justify anything and the things we're going to get into. I'm talking about what we believe and why we do some things the way that we do or why we don't do some things. And uh, you, you need to know, you need to be clear. I, I, I'm confident that uh, many people here, we're in agreement on some things about the kingdom and, and our mission and our call. Uh, but at the same time, I want you confident in why you believe what you believe. Amen. And the Bible says you need to be able and ready to give an answer, right. right, to those that ask you the reason of the hope that you have in you. So let's release our faith. Will, will you believe with me? Yes. For, for both sides, utterance and ears that hear things right. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance. Utterance, strong, clear, help us to, to get on track, stay on track, and say the right thing, the right way, the right spirit, and not say anything unnecessary and wrong. Uh, I'm asking you, Lord, speak through me. And beyond me, help us to yield to you. And, and we're asking for all of us, for ears that hear and that hear it right. And discern and distinguish the truth from error and what's you from what's not you. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. And we purpose to not be forgetful hearers or hearers only, but to be doers of it. And we know as we do, we will be blessed. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen means so be it. So be it. We're in agreement. We're hooked together. Thank you very much. Matthew 4 and 3. This is the temptation. Jesus being tempted of the enemy. The Bible said the tempter came to him and said, If you be the Son of God, Command that these stones be made bread. He's talking about, it's a natural rock that he's looking at. And he's talking about turning it into natural bread. He's been fasting for all these days. And he's, and he's hungry. And verse 4, he answered, Jesus answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word 
that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let's all say that out loud. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, a number of things going on here. The the enemy is tempting him to do something that he's not being led to do. And he's tempting him to emphasize the natural more than the spiritual. You can see that because of Jesus' response. Is he, what's he saying? There's another kind of food. Right? Other than natural food. There's spiritual bread. And we don't, we don't live just by the natural food that we eat. We live by the words that come out of God's mouth. The words that come out of God's mouth are food to our inner man. Food to our spirit. Just like natural food gives strength and life to your natural body, God's word is spirit food. And it gives strength and life to your inner man, to your being. There's a natural man and there's a spirit man. There's natural food and there's spirit food. Anybody believe that? And Jesus emphasized spirit food more than natural food. Anybody agree on that? Have you read the scriptures enough? Well, what's happening right here? He didn't say, yeah, you know, that's the most important thing is to get this food. So, yeah, here we go. Stones be, but no, what did he say? No, that's, that's not the biggest thing. That's not the main thing. Man doesn't live. Say it out loud. Man shall not live, Man shall not live. By, bread alone. by bread alone, but by every word, by every word. that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Spirit things are more important than natural things. Far more important. And man's greatest need is not natural. It's spiritual. Much of the world either doesn't know that or doesn't believe it. And sadly, a lot of the church doesn't believe that. But man's greatest need is not natural. I'm talking about all of mankind, all over the globe. Man's greatest need is spiritual. God is spirit. You are spirit. And your greatest need is spiritual. That's why we have a church. Right? That's why we're doing what we're doing right now. This is not about something natural. Hmm? We're not trying to sell you a natural product in here or minister some natural thing to you. This is spiritual. And yet, we are eating. We just ate. Didn't we? Matthew 4 and uh, 3 and 4. Did you eat it? Now, you know, just because it was served to you don't mean you have to eat it. You can do like little kids do. (laughs) 
And I've seen I've seen that look many times <laughs> across the crowd. Like, mm. And I'm going, mm, come on, come on. Here's the airplane, there's the hangar. <laughs> and they're going, mmm. <laughs> and if you if you don't want to eat it, you don't have to. And you won't, but it, neither will it nourish you. The scripture in Timothy talks about being nourished up in the words of faith. And just like you can be malnourished and anemic physically, millions are starving spiritually. They're starving. And the thing about it, physically, you only starve so much and then you'll die physically. There's a limit to it. But not spiritually. Spiritually, you just get weaker and weaker. I don't know that there's any end to it. Because on the other end, you can get stronger and stronger. And there's no end to that. But you can be so emaciated and weak inside. And that's also when you have no hope and no faith and no strength. Because all of that's with your spirit. With your heart or with your inner man, your spirit is the part of you that you believe God with. That's the part you have, you have courage with. You have hope. You have faith. That you can stand up through the tears and fears and go, none of these things move me. God said this and I'm having this. But you got to be strong to be that way. Don't you? Especially at three in the morning when nobody else is around to hear it or see it. And and if you don't get fed spiritually, you will not be. I don't care how hard you may try, you will not be strong. You will not have strong faith nor strong hope. You will not be courageous. You just won't be. You might want to be, but you won't be. You've got to be fed. I said you've got to be fed. And you've got to be fed something good. Not all preaching and teaching will nourish your spirit. There's actually preaching and teaching that will take faith out of you. <laughs> Is, they're not preaching the word. But there's some teaching and preaching that will actually, after you, if you hear it and receive it, you'll be weaker than, than when you heard it. I said it before, I think some messages, you know, books or CDs or DVDs or to have a spiritual nutritional label. <laughs> label on the back that like, like food does. You could read it. And if it was accurate, it would say 20% opinion. 15% religious tradition. 30% filler. Non-nutritive. Just a bunch of hoopla. There's nothing to it. It's like cotton candy. It's a big old fluff ball of stuff. It's colorful. But when you condense it down, there's nothing there. There's no, nothing to help you either. And I think every preacher would like to imagine that it's 100% spirit-inspired word of God. But that's wishful thinking. I said that's wishful thinking. Because we're all human. And it's possible to interject some of your ideas, feelings into it. But the big thing is just to do what the Lord leads you to do. When he leads you to a church and ministries and a place, it's be, he knows what's going to happen. 
And he knows who you are and what feeds you. And, and, and sometimes, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, that uh, me or somebody else was their favorite preacher. Well, praise God for that, but that doesn't mean that me, uh, that I'm better than them or they're better than me some way. Uh, it means I'm the right one for them for this time. God's using me as a vessel, and, and I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and they're not everybody's cup of tea. We're not supposed to be, and there's billions on the planet that don't know who I am. Right? And, and But there are people that God has put in your life. And when you hear them, it does something for you. It quickens you. And that's bigger than that man or woman. That's, that's much bigger. That is a spiritual gift. That is an anointing. That's revelation God gave them. And he's doing it to feed you. To feed you. And grow you up. And strengthen you. Say it again. Man shall not live. By bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, he was quoting Deuteronomy 8.3 when he, uh, he said that. Let me read some other scriptures to you along this line. Psalm 19.10. You don't have to turn to these. I'm going to read several. And uh, just listen or they'll put them up on the screen for us. He's talking about the Word of God. He says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Do you, do you think that way about the Word? God's words to you? Psalm 119, anybody ever read Psalm 119? The entire Psalm, and it's the longest one in the Psalms, and I guess the longest chapter in the Bible, right? I mean, it's, it's long. And every verse is about the Word of God. Every verse is about the Word of God and how much the psalmist loves the Word, treasures the Word, what the Word does for him. He, he may say law or statutes or ordinances, but he's talking about his words. And in Psalm 119, 103, he says, How sweet are your words to my taste. Now, do you hear the language he's using? How sweet are your words to my taste? Can you taste words? Well, God's words are food. You taste natural food and you taste spirit food. Uh, in Job, it says, as the, uh, the tongue tries food, the ear tries words. You, you taste words. And some words are wonderful. And some words are poisonous. Hmm? And you need to, how many think you need to taste stuff before you swallow it? Some things you should not take a, a mouthful of it and just swallow it. You should take a little bitty, just a little bit on the end of a spoon and go, and if it's bad, you go, oh, yeah, whoo, that's bad. What does that mean? Change the channel. Throw that book away. Come on, are y'all listening to me? Do you know there are some things poisonous spiritually are just as dangerous or more dangerous than poison that will kill you physically? And some of it's labeled as ministry. 
preaching and teaching, not from the Satanist church. How sweet are your words unto my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. 130 says, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Jeremiah 15.16. Jeremiah 15.16 says, your words were found. Hallelujah. And I did what? Eat them. And your word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. You ever ate anything physically that was good? Hmm? And you thought, mm, 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 mm. Now that, that is a casserole. That is cornbread. Yeah, that, that is stew. Right? Now that. Phyllis and I, you know, she, her mom's. Uh, in heaven now, she's Cajun and all her people, and, and they know about Cajun food. Yes. And, and we remark sometimes, we go to a place hoping to find some gumbo. And they got gumbo. And they bring this tomato soup out. <laughs> and we look at each other and go, where did they learn how to make gumbo? And then a lot of times we just have to go to the house and I have to ask Phyllis to make some gumbo. She can do it too. But uh, when it's good, when it's right, you go, oh, yeah, put me some more in there. (laughs) Now that's gumbo. Well, that's what he said. I I found your words. Is it a wonderful, glorious thing when you find real word of God? Real faith-giving, hallelujah, revelation-bringing, Spirit-changing, mind-changing, body-changing, life-changing Word of God. Oh, it's something to shout about. It's something to get excited about and celebrate. I found them. And I ate them. I ate them up. And your Word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Hallelujah. I rejoiced. As I ate it all up. <laughs> Somebody say, Thank you, Lord. First Peter 2 2. Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses. We passed that back there. We're giving you more than that. He said, As newborn babes do what? Now, is he talking about a natural baby or a spiritual baby? See, you can be 50 years old and be two days old in the Lord. You got saved two days ago. So even though you're in a 50-year-old body, you're an infant spiritually. What's the first thing you need? Hmm? Babies need to be fed. Right? Everybody needs to be fed. But if if the baby's going to grow up, the baby needs good nutrition. And babies need milk of some type. Newborn babes desire the what? Sincere Sincere or the pure. Pure milk of the word that that you may grow thereby. It will cause you to grow up. Did you know there are a number of church going people. They have been in church for 40 years and they've never grown up. Because what they're hearing is not even milk. 
It's religious water. If you're here in milk, you'll grow up. A lot of people don't want to grow up. A lot of people. Because growing up means you get to a point where everybody's not waiting on you. And you're actually expected to do something. A lot of people don't like that. They don't like that. They only want to go to a church where everybody waits on them and tends to them constantly and they're never asked to do anything. But that's that's church for babies. Hmm? That's a church where the entire church is a nursery. I don't want Faith Life Church to be one big nursery. Do you? Now, I want us to have babies. Yes. Yes. Yes, we want babies, but we want them to grow up too. Grow up quickly and to grow up strong. As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be you have tasted, there again is that word taste, that the Lord is gracious. Can you see this comparison runs throughout the word of God, natural food, spirit food. In Job 23.12, this is one of my favorites along this line, Job 23.12, he said, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Which did he say was priority? Natural food or spirit food? I've esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary. Now necessary means what you need to stay alive. Not just all the extra stuff, necessary food. Anybody want to say that out loud with with him? Say it out loud. I have esteemed. I I do esteem. esteem. The words of his mouth mouth. more. more. Than my necessary food. Most people do not. This is not. Doesn't describe them. But when you see things. The way they really are. And your priorities get right. You get this way. The word is your priority. If you have to choose. Between missing some natural meals. Or missing some spiritual meals. If you're smart. You'll miss the natural ones. Hmm? But how many do you think, what percentage, would miss meals in order to be at a service? (laughs) A lot of folks won't be inconvenienced to get up a half hour early or to drive 20 miles. So that they would not, they wouldn't forfeit natural to get spiritual. But that's why Phyllis and I saw that back, you know, 30, uh, well, longer than that now, years ago, when we first got stirred up about the Word of God and saw the value of it and learned through Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry the priority and value of the Word of God. I grew up in church, but, but I hadn't got that like that till then. And then so, man, we were willing to travel great distances, to get out and stand in line for hours, to get a seat. And people would laugh. They'd go, you're crazy. Why why would you do that? Because that word is precious. 
It's pre- it changes your life. It changes your life. But millions don't see that. And they think we're, we're nuts. They think, why would you do that? Why would you go to all that trouble and all that effort and spend that money and, and then give that money? Why would you do that? Well, if they knew the truth, they'd be doing it right beside you. Wouldn't they? If they weren't so darkened. He said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Listen to uh, Amos 8 and 11. I know I'm giving you some scriptures, but I feel like I need to. I want you to have a strong foundation on this. In Amos 8 and 11. He says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord God. I'll send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread. Nor a thirst for water. But of hearing the words of the Lord. Now that's the worst kind of famine. That's a a far worse famine than crop failure. You think most people believe that though? No, they don't. Verse 12. They'll, they'll wander from sea to sea and from the north to the east and run to and fro looking for what? Trying to find the word of the Lord and not shall not find it. We're blessed, brothers and sisters. We're blessed. People I feed ministries I feed from, ministries you feed from. We are blessed. We're not experiencing a famine of the Word of God. We've been experiencing for some time now feasting. Feasting. We are feasting. We got some of the best, strongest, richest. I'm not just talking about my preaching. No, it's in there. Uh, Some of the best. Richest word of God from a myriad of ministries all over the country and the world. We eat like kings every day. Not to be taken lightly. Not to be taken for granted. Because there have been times and there are are places in the world right now where it's hard to find a good word of God. In that place. You can travel and go here. And you can even go to some of the churches. And you can sit there for an hour and think. Man they didn't say anything. And it's not just a reflection on them. It's because of where they are. They're starved. Preachers need to eat too. A famine. For the word of God. You know Jesus. One of the big turning points. Go with me to John 6. One of, the, one of the big turning points in his public ministry when he walked the earth was right here in John 6. It's a long chapter. It describes a lot of things going on. And it's about bread. Amen. <laughs> the whole chapter is about bread. It starts out with them being out with him for this length of time and everybody getting hungry and the Lord saying, feed them. And they didn't know how. And he told them. And, and they the, then prayed over the loaves and fishes. And they were multiplied. And everybody ate. Amen. And were satisfied. Miracle. Yes. Sign and wonder. Yes. And then he left. And, and the whole bunch tried to follow. And later he said to them, you didn't just come because of the word. You came because of the free food. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's Keith Moore paraphrasing. 
But you read it, you see what I'm talking about. They had this idea, well, maybe, well, man, we don't even have to work anymore. We just follow him around. And if somebody's got a sardine and a cracker, we're good. We just <laughs> multiply it and no more work. And, and, but that's not what he did. And that's not what the plan was because his primary focus was not meeting people's needs naturally. That's right. It was meeting people's needs spiritually. And so he talked to them about it. And then in the latter part of the chapter, he begins to get into what is about verse 27. Verse 27, he says, labor not for the meat which perishes. Don't just work for your natural food, but for the food, meat means food, which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give you. For, for him has God the Father sealed. Then in verse 48, he said, I am that bread of life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. It's the spirit that quickens. Verse 63 says, the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That He, he went on to preach, you have to eat my flesh and you have to drink my blood. And in connection with this, he said, the words I speak to you, they're spirit. And he compares the words to the manna, to the bread. And of course, he himself is the word made flesh, manifest. He is the manna from heaven. He is the bread from heaven. And another way of saying that is the word is the bread. Say it out loud. The word, the word is, is the bread. The bread. But do you know what happened with that? A lot of the people that followed him got offended at it. Didn't they? They got upset. They got offended. They said, what does he mean? Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. You can't receive this. And they left, and the Bible said they walked no more. It was so so bad that day that he looked at his own staff, and he said, are y'all leaving too? Now, the enemy is always trying to do this. And if it happened with Jesus, we, would, we shouldn't be shocked if it happened to us. We're servants not above his master. But, the, but you see, the enemy is always trying to do this, emphasize the natural over the spiritual. Yes. But spiritual people won't do that. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, please. The second chapter. 1 Corinthians 2 and 13. He says the things that we speak... 1 Corinthians 2.13, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, but the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. Other translations said he's not able to know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. Romans 8 You don't have to turn there. Just look at it. Romans 8 verse 4. He talks about people that walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Verse 5 says, They that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
He goes on to say, verse 8, they that are in the flesh are carnally minded, cannot please God. Natural people, when he says carnal, that's talking about flesh, fleshy, or we might say natural. Natural people emphasize natural things more than anything else and mock at spiritual things. Spiritual people do what? Emphasize spiritual things more than anything else above natural things. And this is what Jesus did. This is what Paul did. And yet you'll have people that will try to tell you otherwise. Now, uh, you know, I've seen this all our life in the ministry. And uh, you'll hear, and I know you, you hear things like this. Of people saying, well, you know, y'all spend all that money on buildings. You spend all that money on lobbies and all that money on uh, CD, DVD production and all that money on airplanes. You could feed people with that. And my answer is, we are. That's exactly what we're doing. We're this church is a feeding station. Sarasota Church is a feeding station. Word Production Center is a food factory to ship large quantities of spiritual food all over the world for free. For free. I know this. Most of you know this. But not everybody does. Not everybody understands it. And I'm not trying to defend myself to them. Most of them are not here, won't be here. And I'm not endeavoring to justify myself nor you to somebody else. That, that's why I said, take heed how you hear. So you don't misunderstand what's going on today. You need to know why you believe what you believe. And why we do what we do. And why we do it the way that we do it. We need to be established in the word. In our call. Jesus said to Peter, you remember? He said, Peter, do you love me? What did he say? If you love me, do what? Feed my lambs. Then he asked him again, do you love me? Yes, I do. Then do what? Feed my sheep. Then he said again, if you love me, do what? Feed my... Is he talking about feeding them? Like Brother Hagin used to say, hamburgers and hot dogs. No. Huh? No. What's he talking about feeding them? But there are, there are many in the world outside and some in the church that will try to shame you or shame me as individuals or as churches or ministries for having anything and, and not spending the bulk of it on helping people naturally. Hmm? They'll try to shame you. You live in that house. You got that new car. And people are starving in such and such place. 
And, and most Christians respond wrong. They go, yeah, I know. I've been so lucky. <laughs> and I, I need to give back. I, I owe it back. Do you? Who said you did? Why? There's this pervasive mentality in the world. That if you have more than they do, you owe some of it to them. For no other reason than that you have it and they don't. And that that's what Jesus taught. That's what irks me. Because they don't know him. They don't know the word. Now don't go out of here and say something I didn't say. That's why, you, you know why I said take heed how you hear? Helping people, feeding them, clothing them, housing them is wonderful. It's wonderful. And we've done some things, and a lot of the people that have criticized us, they don't have a clue what we've done. I don't tell all that we've done. You're not supposed to. Some of these things, your, your right hand's not supposed to know what your left hand does. Right? And I want to do more. But they would have us spend the bulk of our resources feeding people naturally. And that's not why we exist today. This church was not built on feeding people naturally. That's not how we got to where we are. And why we have some resources. And yet... Some would demand if you're a real Christian and you do what Jesus taught and did, then you'd spend the vast majority of of what you have helping people naturally. And I would say to them, that's not what Jesus did. And it's not what Paul did. And it's not what the early church did. And it's not what we're built on. And it's not our call. You need to feed people. We are. Are. We are. (laughs) We are feeding people. I have the greatest respect for people that give themselves to feeding people naturally and clothing. And I have the greatest respect. And, and, And I'm open to the Lord leading us to help. I am. But you can't help everybody. You can't do everything. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about you could give everything you got, including your body, and it not profit you anything. I'm not the source. I'm not the provider. Nor is this church. Nor are you. We can't meet everybody's needs. You can't. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to be led. I said, you're supposed to be led. And how do I know what the Lord's leading you to do? Or what you've already done? How do you know about me? And how many understand, it's an ugly spirit judging other people, isn't it? You should be doing this. You want to turn around and say, now what are you doing? What have you done? Right? Because judges are hypocrites. Mark it down, I'm telling you. Every time, if somebody's judging somebody else, saying what they haven't done, they are hypocrites. They are not doing what they're claiming other people should do. 
And the moment you say, well, what are you doing? You'll start hearing this parade of excuses. Well, well, I'm, you know, I'm not a preacher and I'm not a church. And we don't have all those millions of dollars. And What's that got to do with anything? Either practicing what you say you believe or you're not. But we need to distinguish between spiritual ministry and natural ministry. I, I have the greatest respect for people that spend all their time ministering to people naturally. I would hope they'd have some respect for what we do. And understand the greatest need of man is spiritual. And I, and I, and I agree. If you and me missed some meals for a couple of weeks, we'd get highly interested in something natural to eat. Wouldn't we? But on the other hand, it'd be better to starve to death saved. Come on, are you listening? And and full of God. Than to live a full life and die fat and lost. Wouldn't it? If you had to pick. And when it comes to meeting people's natural needs. God never intended that any man or woman or church or ministry or organization become their source. Right. That's right. If God leads you to help somebody temporarily, that's great. But you can't meet all their needs for the rest of their life and their kids, much less their spiritual needs. Come on, are you listening to me? So what's got to be the solution? The truth is, we've all got the same source. Everybody on the planet has the exact same unlimited source. But if you're going to blaspheme and you're going to deny him, you're going to mock the word of God. Should I take the resources God gave us and help you to continue mocking? Can you see why I said uh, believe with us today? Uh, listen to these phrases. In Titus 2.15, he said, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise you. Another place that talked to the youth said, Don't let anybody despise your youth. I'd often wondered years ago, how do you do that? How do you not let somebody, let no man despise you? How can I keep you from despising me if you want to? And I, and I realize what he's talking about later. I don't have to receive it. Just because you try to despise and shame me doesn't mean I have to take the shame. I don't have to let let somebody. I know you're not interested in doing it to me. But I, I don't have to let somebody do that. If somebody wants to come, shame, shame on you. You're spending all that money on that lobby chapel project. Spending all that money on that on that boat and on that plane and on these buildings. And You know, I heard the same thing when I was in Bible school. I heard evangelists that come and said, that's ridiculous. They're spending $10 million on that auditorium. That's, do you know how much... How many crusades we could have with that? How many souls we could reach? Come on. 
Now see, they're being spiritual about it. They think. Because they're talking about spiritual salvation. But I want you to know, friends, that's an ugly, ugly spirit. You hear somebody talk like that? I want, I want two words I want you to remember. When you hear somebody talk like that, including if it's coming out of your mouth, judge and hypocrite. Every time you hear somebody talking like that, they are a judge and they are a hypocrite. We, got, we need a revelation that we're not all called to do the same thing. And I can appreciate somebody else's ministry, though very different from mine. And they can appreciate ours and we don't have to compare. And just because I'm called to do something doesn't mean everybody's called to do the same thing I'm called to do. Right? And it's presumptuous and ignorant of me to try to judge everybody else by the standard of what I think I'm supposed to be doing. It's presumptuous. It's ignorant. And it's hypocritical. Go with me. We're making progress now. <laughs> Some of this might be a little steak this morning. You might have to cut, chew it a little bit. <laughs> uh, in Second Corinthians 10 and 12, I'm reading the New Living Translation. Second Corinthians 10 and 12. Just put it there. You don't have to turn to all these. Just look on the screen. He said, don't worry, we wouldn't dare say we're as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. (laughs) But they are only comparing themselves with each other. Now, Now, hear this last phrase. I was so blessed by this. I got the phrase I just told you before I read this verse. And I thought, glory to God, I'm on track. They are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. <clears throat> if people say, that's ridiculous, they shouldn't be spending all that on that. According to who? According to what standard? Are you ma- that house is too big. According to what's the standard house? It's probably close to theirs. So who made you the standard? <laughs> huh? So nobody in the world, in the body of Christ, can have any more vision or faith than you. You're the standard. And here, here's the irritating part of it. There are folks that will demand that you do a certain thing. And they're not doing it. They're just total hypocrites about it. And if you say, well, are you doing it? Well, no, because I hadn't had much and I'm not able. And I don't claim to be a preacher. And I you ought to ask the Lord about that. Because this ain't a preacher thing. He looks at the heart. And every one of us is, is required to walk in the light that we have. And that's why you'll be judged out of your own mouth. You'll be judged... By what you said others should do. The Lord's not going to judge them. Based on what you said they should do. He's going to judge you. Based on what you said they should do. Because you're saying. I have light. 
And this is what men should do. That's what you're going to be judged by. And not everybody is called to do the same thing. Can you believe that or not? Not everybody's called to do the same thing. Why is my call the standard for everybody else in the world? Instead of judging other people by what I think I should be doing, what should happen? I should do. If I think the most important thing in the world is putting clothes on on people's backs, that's what I should be doing. But I shouldn't have a word to say about what you're doing. Because I don't know what God told you to do. And there are different ministries with different emphasis. And some people are just in the wrong church. (laughs) Have you ever heard Brother Copeland talk about uh, a plumber in a roofer's church? (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) Uh, In first... 1 Corinthians 12, don't turn there, 1 Corinthians 12, 4, there's a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's a variety of ministries, but the same Lord. There's different operations, but the same God. How many believe that? There are different ministries. Well, they're going to have different emphasis, aren't they? Different. Do they all have to be the same? Is everybody in the body of Christ supposed to be spending all of their time feeding people with natural food? No. And yet there are some. That's their call. I believe a man or woman can be just as called to to be a doctor or a nurse as I am to be a preacher. I believe a ministry can be just as called to get natural food to people as I'm called to get spirit food to people. Do you believe that? And you you put us all together. We're covering all the bases. Is that right? But this thing about judging each other and condemning each other because you're not doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) That's dishonest. And it's ugly. Isn't it? How many think it's a full-time job taking care of yourself? (laughs) Doing what you know to be doing. You need to quit looking at other people and what they're doing. Romans 12, 12, 4. (laughs) Praise you, Lord. Does this seem good to anybody in here today? You think it could answer some questions for some folks? I believe it could. In Romans 12, 4, it says, As in one physical body we have many parts. This is, and all these parts do not have the same function. Having gifts that differ... According to the grace given us, let us use them. Uh, He talks about prophesying. He talks about uh, practical service. He talks about teaching. He talks about exhorting, contributing, giving. Are these different ministries? They're going to have different emphasis and different focuses. And uh, they may do this thing or that thing, some, but that's not their main focus. They're going to spend most of their resources on this. Brother Copeland talked about that one. Said, he said, uh, uh, it's like a plumber that would go to a roof for church. 
Well, what do roofer church talk about? What do they, what does the pastor preach on? Roofing. Roofing. Because, man, if you don't have a roof over the place, right? And, and to hear them preach, you'd think roof was all that mattered. If you got a roof. And if you don't have a roof, you don't even have a house. But is that all there is to a house is a roof? No. But you, you'd be foolish to knock the first church of roofing. Because what they're preaching is true. You do need a roof. And roofs are important. Right? But let's say you got a plumber that got fell out with somebody and left his plumbing church. And now he's going over to the roofing church because he likes this or that about it and, and some of the things. And it's a good place. But every sermon on roofing irks him. Because he says, well, what about plumbing? Plumbing. What good does the roof have? If you don't have plumbing, you've got to still go outside to the outhouse and... And you don't have running water. You got to go to the well, and, and 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 he will be put out with the pastor. He'll be put out with the people. They'll want to fellowship after church and, and they go out to eat. And you know what they want to talk about? Roofing. Roofing. <laughs> and he'll want to argue with everybody. Well, what about plumbing? What about plumbing, huh? What about sinks? What about pipes? What about toilets? What about showers, huh? Huh? And they go, yeah, that's all good, but roofing. Let me tell you, a roof, a good roof over your head, buddy. You wait till it rains. You wait till the winter time comes. <laughs> now, who's right? Who's right? Roofers or plumbers? Who's right? But you'll have, uh, you'll have plumber in the roofer church. Try to split the church. That's right. I'm sick of it. They never talk about plumbing. And they never talk about plumbing. And plumbing is in the Bible. <laughs> We're gonna go over here and start us a full full gospel church, a full word church. What do they mean? Full plumbing church is what they call a full gospel church. <laughs> what should happen? He should leave the roofer church. He's in the wrong place. And he should quit judging because he's going to get judged. And if he thinks there should be more toilets and showers around, he needs to quit talking to them and get busy getting other people some showers and toilets and sinks. Practice what he preaches. I mean, it's too easy to come up to somebody and say, you know, I've been praying and I just feel really led strong that you should do this. (laughs) Well, do you now? (laughs) And what does that require of you? And who changed your name to the Holy Spirit? Right? No. Folks are measuring and judging everybody around them by what they believe they're supposed to be doing. And they're hypocrites because they're not doing it themselves. We've all made some mistakes in these areas. Let's set it aside. Let's quit. 
Let's get our nose out of other people's business. And if you're chronically unhappy somewhere, maybe you are a plumber in a roofer church. You, 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 need to, you need to look where you came from and what the Lord is saying to you. Right? Because God joins body parts together that fit. He's not joining ankle parts to neck parts. He's joining ankle parts to foot parts and leg parts. Is that right? Because they fit. They work together. Right? And they're, they're graced to do the same job. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you take just a little bit more? Go with me if you would. There's a lot of the things I had to say, but I, I don't think they're necessary. Some of these at this point. Go with me if you would to uh, Romans and the 10th chapter. <clears throat> This is a spirit food church. That's what it was built on. And that's why we have the word supply. That's why we have uh, the word production center. That's why we do what we do. And we have done some things for some people naturally. Probably more than most people know. And I don't feel any need to try to defend that or talk about that. That's not our main call. But uh, I do have a burning on the inside of me to get the anointed word. Do you have it too? (laughs) Then we're in the same kind of church, right? Do we think this, this is the only thing that's supposed to happen? No, I have the greatest respect for people in other calls and ministries. And there are times I see it and I think, man, they're doing a good job at that. No need for me to try to reinvent the wheel. Let's help them. Right? Right? We've done that many times. I want to do it more. But don't come try to shame me and despise me for not doing this or that. I won't receive it. I won't feel bad for 10 seconds. Huh? Because I'm either doing what I was made in grace to do, or I'm not. And if I am, and the Lord is pleased with me, then it's right that I'm spending most of my time and most of our resources doing that. And you are too. <laughs> Thank you for helping me with this this morning, y'all. Y'all have helped me minister this today. When I think about spirit food, I'm like the plumber that keeps talking about plumbing. <laughs> and I, I know what it meant for us. I, uh, th- this verse here in, in Romans stands out to me. He said in verse 14, How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? Well, they won't. They can't. How will they believe in him in whom they've not heard? They can't. They won't. How shall they hear without a preacher? They can't. They won't. How shall they preach except they be sent? They can't. They won't. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings. 
of good things. If you're hungry, hadn't eaten in days, somebody brings you a good hot meal, it's going to make you happy. And I rejoice in it. And I thank God for the man or woman that's doing that. But at the same time, the greatest need of man is spiritual. And if you're starving spiritually and you're in the darkness and you're in confusion and somebody brings you a fresh, hot, anointed word of God, come on, are you listening to me? It's shouting ground. And beautiful are their feet to you. And the people that have, many, Phyllis and I are talking about that this week, the people that have brought that to us in times past. I mean the Copelands and the Hagens and other people that, that God has used. They will always have a special, special place in our heart and mind and life. Their feet are beautiful to us. And if the message is important, the spiritual food is important, then the building where you have it is important. What if we didn't have this facility today? Hmm? What if we had saved millions of dollars and we could only seat... Uh, 200 and the rest of you standing outside listening to speakers you probably wouldn't do that very long well it costs money to have a place like this what if we didn't have the money for, if the message is important the cameras are important the TV is important is that right if the message is important all the equipment out there in the buildings if the message is important, it's important to have a place where the kids can come and get fed. And the youth can be, come on, is that right? Yes. So don't try to knock us, because we're building buildings. If the message is important, the messenger is important. The trucks, and the boats, and the cars, and the planes are important. Because some things, I saw when I went to Africa this year. Thank God for the, the, the internet and thank God for the, the, the flow of outreach. And that'll be, you'll reach so many more people that way. But there's some things you don't get till you put your feet on the ground. And being there in person and with the people, there's some things that come out that don't come out any other way. And, and I know these planes sound like just giant luxury items and they are nice and we will enjoy it. But travel, it can be wearisome too. Amen. And we're already doing a lot. It'd be easier just to sit at the house. But this is about ability. Amen. To carry more and go further and do more. And a lot of times still be back here to preach at you on Sunday. Now is that, if that's not worth anything to you, then you are a plumber in a roofer church. <laughs> and you don't pray about this and look at it. <laughs> we, we can't take care of everybody else and what they think don't even try you know I know sometimes people might think so but um, I have actually stopped trying to justify some things to some people I just I, I've stopped and uh, if, if some people invited me on some of their big talk shows some of their big huge things I, unless the Lord led me to I wouldn't even go because I don't really care that much about what they think. That's right. <laughs> I care about what you think. I care about what God thinks. But who are they in the kingdom? A lot of them are nobody. And a lot of their audience is not even saved and don't believe. And So what do I care so much what, what they think? 
Oh, but the time is short. It's clicking by. We got a lot of work to do and a short amount of time to do it in. So how many think the roofers better be roofing? The carpenters better be hammering. The plumbers better be. Is that the electricians better be running? Everybody better be full bore instead of this squabbling and judging each other and telling what you ought to be doing. Get your little self to doing what you're supposed to be doing. And leave that between them and God. Right? And we will get this thing done and get out of here. And get with Jesus and the rest of the glory bunch. Hallelujah. And don't you want to hear? Come on, don't you want to hear? Don't you want to hear? Well done. Well done. Good. How many think? You're not going to hear well done if all you did was run around and tell other people what they should be doing. You are not going to hear well done. Stand on your feet, everybody, please. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Makes me want to sing a roofing song. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> we do have a working on the building song, don't we? We can, we can work on a building. Y'all fire that up anytime you. Me, oh, excuse me. Hold off just a second. Let me tell this first. I think this will apply, and I think this will really minister to your hearts. Um, Dave just texted me this, and um, last night there was a real tragedy, and an accident happened and someone lost their loved one in the tragedy and they were laying there in the hospital bed and Dave said these words and I thought you know what that he's sitting there in Florida listening to the message he said we could have filled his room with food and it would not have ministered to that man he called him this morning and he said you know the only thing that's bringing me through this is the words that Brother Moore taught me on victory over death. Victory over death, yes. He said, that is the only thing that's making me live today is those words that were taught to me on victory over death. Praise God. Praise God. Now, what he's saying is you could, you could give him all the food in the world today and it wouldn't mean anything to him, but the words, the spiritual words are what is ministering to him yes. today. Yes. Oh, thank you, Lord. You know, Keith and I grew up poor. We know what it's like to be poor. We know what it's like not to have anything. And, and we don't belittle anybody that's hurting or, you know, or, or look down on anybody that's hurting financially. But we do know this. God said He's never seen the righteous forsaken or His seed begging for bread. And you come to God and He's going to he lift you, you up and bring you up, you up and will. give you everything that he you will. need and put you over yes. the top. Yes. And you'll never lack for another meal. Yes. He fed Elisha. He fed Elijah. Yes. He yes. fed everybody that ever came to him Thank the 5,000. Anybody you, that will ever come to Jesus for food, he'll feed them. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. So if you're lacking for anything in this church today, he's not talking about you ever having to go without food or without water or without any need met. He's going to meet your need. Yes. All you got to do is come to him. Yes. That's the God that we serve. Thank you, Father. 
He wants you to have the airplane. He Thank wants you. you to have the food. He wants you to have everything. Thank but you, this man in this bed would not be alive today had it not been for the spiritual food that he got. Thank you, Father. And that's what he's talking about this and what, morning. And what I told Phyllis when she said that, it blessed me so much because it's a hard thing to deal with. And I thought, now how many times is that being repeated in China, in Russia, in Italy, in Sweden? You understand what I'm talking about? Who, who needs it just as much? There. And we're, we're not there yet, but we're going to get there. We're getting there. Glory Hallelujah. To God, we're getting there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Free food for everybody. <laughs> Free food for everybody. Free food for everybody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Altar workers come to the front. They're going to sing this as we go. You got any questions? about being right with God today. Don't run out of here. Come down to the front. These folks are ready to pray with you, believe with you, or just shout and celebrate with you. Online, there's a number on the screen. Call that number if you want to call and pray with somebody. Let's go rejoicing. And every time we see God doing something through somebody else different from us, let's don't compare them to ourselves. Let's thank God for them. Let's bless them, right? See if we can help them some way and appreciate the whole body of Christ. Hallelujah. Take us on out.